Every thousand mile journey begins with the first step. People are beginning to understand that conversations about equality involve everyone. Tremendous support for throughout the country, the boycotts against uh, the wine, the grapes, and the lettuce. Do you wonder, how can one person make lasting change? Think about the impact that you yourself may be having. This is on you until you choose to do something. To be governed by fear and anger, you facilitate injustice, oppression, and inequality. There are forces that want to take us back to another place. We don't want to go back. We want to go forward. Now is the time for us to decide what America becomes. I'm Soledad O'Brien. Welcome to the Matter of Fact Listening Tour. Over the course of the last two years, the Listening Tour has been a place for exploring social justice issues. This show, Trailblazers, Troublemakers, and Dreams, shares the stories of people who ended up in roles they never imagined. Not every troublemaker or trailblazer is a household name. In fact, many of the people you'll meet in this show are working in communities where big dreams are hard to come by. Nashley Cephas is a computer scientist and AI researcher who dreams of transforming her hometown of Jackson, Mississippi into a tech hub. Here's Matter of Fact correspondent Jessica Gomez. Whenever I come in town, it just reminds me of, you know, my upbringing, growing up in a household full of women. That's where it all started. A visit to her hometown of Jackson, Mississippi. Hello. For 36-year-old Nashley Cephas, a stop at her grandmother's house, always on the agenda. I used to always play Tetris and Super Mario Brothers, mm -hmm. and you would always win. My grandmother, she actually was the help um, in a lot of homes of wealthy white families. That was a thing to do back then. My great-grandmother did the same. <laughs> Nashley's mother, an accountant at the post office. My mom, you know, she made sure my sister and I, every summer, we had something to do. You couldn't just sit at home and play video games while she was at work. It was at a summer camp in eighth grade that Nashley was exposed to computer science. And that changed my life, and I knew from that on, I was going around saying, oh, I'm a major in computer engineering. People were like, what? It was after earning her PhD at Georgia Tech that Nashley was asked to be part of a startup. I'm really excited because we can pick up with the VR. She brought in childhood friend, Ivan Walker. I thought I would just work in manufacturing or warehouse like my dad. Hey, mama, the phone came. But Ivan's childhood interest in technology led him to earn his master's in computer engineering from Jackson State, afterwards moving to Atlanta. Growing up, I thought I needed to leave. Uh, that was the narrative for a successful black person. Okay, and now the app has analyzed the photo. Away from home, Ivan and Nashley helping to create visual recognition technology. The startup, a success. Amazon acquiring the company and hiring both of them. Even when I first left Jackson to uh, get, you know, my degree in computer engineering, I just wanted to help people. We're going to talk about easy video editing with AI. Helping people is exactly what Nashley did. In 2018, creating a nonprofit in Jackson called The Bean Path. And this is just an example. With help from volunteers, Nashley set up shop at local libraries, answering all questions tech-related. She and Ivan commuting on the weekends from their jobs at Amazon. What'd you see? Um, 
a force field. The nonprofit eventually raising enough money to expand its programming. How many different setups do we have? And yeah. fund others like Mark Leffler's robotics team. TGT power is uh, target power. With the bean path sprouting, Nashley needed more space. Using her startup earnings, she bought 14 acres of land and abandoned buildings just west of downtown Jackson. The plan to transform it into a multi-million dollar tech district. New headquarters for the Bean Path, surrounded by office and event space, retail and housing. You have the bus station right across the street and the train station. To help, Nashley brought in Amber Johnson, another childhood friend from Jackson and the first black woman to earn her doctorate in computer science from Purdue University. We want people to be educated here, but we also want them to have the option to be here, to work, to live, to you know raise a family or whatever it is they want to do and not feel like they have to leave Mississippi. Investors like entrepreneur Tony Cooley are on board. Her manufacturing company, she says, in need of a tech-savvy workforce. Nashley's program signals not just to the tech industry, but to these other industries that there are opportunities here. It's going to be, I mean, they say transformative, but it truly is going to be transformative uh, for Jackson, and I'm excited to be a part of it. Chris Johnson is excited, too, for a new place to create. When you finally build it, it's like, wow, I finally did it. And then you have more confidence in yourself. Like when you go to a math test or something, like, man, I can do this. I can ace this. I built an entire computer over here. I mean, like, come on now. Exposure is key. That was the key for me. I look back and I think, how many other kids in my class in eighth grade, if they went to that same camp, may also become engineers today because they had that same exposure. Myself, including Ashley and others here, are not one-offs. We know that there are other kids, we know there are other adults here who just need a, need a chance. Because while we're models of success, we're not the goal. Until I see a black Steve Jobs, or a black Bill Gates, or a black Elon Musk, I won't be satisfied. We're very strong because of the community and because of the people. We want to give them every opportunity as possible to see the city become what we want it to become. In Jackson, Mississippi, for the listening tour, I'm Jessica Gomez. Next on the Matter of Fact listening tour, a high school student thrust into the national spotlight by tragedy. Why not try to make a change and prevent other people from dying? Parkland shooting survivor X Gonzalez talks with Soledad about turning grief into activism. And later, laughing her way into history. My name is Margaret Cho. I'm a first-generation Korean-American. How this groundbreaking stand-up comic found her way to center stage. Some trailblazers hear that voice within them moving them to action as a result of trauma, an experience that catapults them into the center of national attention, a spotlight maybe they didn't ask for. As a high school senior, X Gonzalez, formerly known as Emma Gonzalez, survived the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School shooting in Parkland, Florida. X Gonzalez, nice to see you. Thanks for talking with me. Four years ago, you... I just remember thinking that a bunch of grieving teenagers mm -hmm. are planning 
march for our lives. Like, it seemed just crazy to me. Yeah. What, what was it that drove all of you to create such a powerful movement at, at the lowest moment of your lives? I think it was definitely inspired by grief and rage. Um, but over time, we really found ourselves motivated by love and the love for one another and the, um, the really solid knowledge that what we were doing was right. At the end of the day, like, the universe is on the side of justice, and that's, like, what we are expecting. You know, we're always told, be the change you want to see in the world. Once we started, it became really easy to see that nothing, there was no real demerit in place. You know, like, what's the worst thing that ha that could happen? I could die? Like, why not try to make a change and prevent other people from dying? What, what should individuals who'd like to see change uh, and be a part of positive change do. The easiest thing for like the average person who either wants to get involved or just wants to think I'm a morally good person, what you should do is like read the books about these various topics. Look into the community around you. Try to get to know the people in your community. Talk to the legislative people in the area. Talk to the people who are involved. Find where you can make a change, even if it's just volunteering on the weekends or something. That's a big deal. That's that's more than nothing. X Gonzalez, thank you for talking with me. Really appreciate it. Coming up on the Matter of Fact Listening Tour, her grandmother ran the diner on tribal land. She started it on her own. She was a feisty woman. Meet the woman carrying on family tradition by creating opportunity on the Pine Ridge Reservation in South Dakota. And still ahead. Recording a movement, the story of the suffrage cantata. Native women have always held significant positions in their tribal spheres. One such woman is Tawny Brunch. She lives on the Pine Ridge Reservation in South Dakota. The reservation sits on more than 2 million acres of land. Roughly 20,000 people call it home. But if you want to buy land, finance a business, or borrow money, there's only one place to go on the reservation. It's a one-of-a-kind lender called the Lakota Fund. Created by a group of tribal elders, the fund is now in the hands of Executive Director Tawny Brunch. Our correspondent, Leonie Lacani, reports from Pine Ridge, South Dakota. It's just after daybreak on the Pine Ridge Reservation. This remote part of South Dakota is home to the Oglala Sioux Tribe and the Oglala Lakota people. Miles of land here remain untouched. Land that's been with Ty Lunderman's family for generations. Growing up, this is all I remember seeing around here. Waking up or coming back from somewhere, you see cows, horses roaming through these lands and it's just something that I guess I always enjoyed seeing. Raising livestock has been part of Ty's family tradition for as long as he can remember, a tradition he wants to keep going. I wanted to help my grandmother out. Um, after my grandfather passed in 2017, then a lot was left on her shoulders, and I wanted to be able to contribute and help her to make sure that this ranch and everything continues on. But he needed money to do that. He had previous loans to settle, and he couldn't get cash from traditional banks. That's when he tapped Lakota Funds, a group that specifically serves the people of the reservation. I went over there and they were able to help me out with the loan and kind of leads me up to where I'm at now. Tawny Brunch is the executive director of Lakota Funds. She's been working here for more than a decade, but the company is part of her heritage too. 
It was started in 1986 by a group of community members, including her mother. Yeah, I'm an Oglala Sioux tribal member and have lived on Pine Ridge for most of my life. Just across the street from the office was her grandmother's diner. This is the old home of Belle's Diner. Belle's Diner was Isabel Puyer, my grandma, and she started it on her own. She was a feisty woman, and there was no holding her down. Tawny says that's a trait that runs in her blood. She's on a mission to keep Lakota funds growing, to help people on the reservation by giving them cash to create jobs and businesses. So what were the obstacles for people when they were trying to get these loans? The obstacles in the community, as much as I don't like to make um, poverty the story, is the, that is the reality. Oglala, Lakota County um, is typically among the poorest five counties, if not the poorest county in the whole United States. Our per capita income is about $8,000, but more than half of the population lives below the poverty line. I'm not saying it's not something that we can't overcome. We are overcoming it, but it remains the biggest obstacle. Aside from lending money, Tawny says the fund aims to fill other gaps left by the government, like banking services, which weren't easily available to Pine Ridge residents. So she advocated for a credit union on the premises in 2012. To have Lakota Federal Credit Union located here on Pine Ridge is significant because we didn't have any other banks who would bother to say that we were worth a permanent structure. Like on other reservations, home ownership is a challenge here. Reservation land is held in trust by the federal government. Building anything on the land requires federal and often tribal approval. Fortunately for Ty Lunderman, his land was passed down through his family and his grandfather, who was once president of the Iglala Sioux tribe. But it's Tawny Brunch and the Lakota funds that are keeping it going. My dream is to make sure that this ranch continues into the future, and not only my time, but with my kids' time and the next generations to come. For Matter of Fact, I'm Leonie Lakani at the Pine Ridge Reservation in South Dakota. Next on the Matter of Fact listening tour. They didn't really quite understand what stand-up comedy was. Comedian Margaret Cho gets candid about breaking into comedy and winning over her own parents. Now we turn to a celebrity trailblazer, some call the diva of the disenfranchised. I'm talking about comedian Margaret Cho. In 1993, Arsenio Hall introduced Cho to late night TV audiences. Just a year later, Cho came to prime time in the ABC series All-American Girl, with Cho playing the role of Margaret Kim, a character created just for her. The sitcom about a culture clash and the generation gap made history as the first primetime series to feature a Korean family. This is uh, Lucia Katerina. She's my um, dog. My name is Margaret Cho. I'm a stand-up comedian. I've been doing comedy since 1984. With stand-up comedy, you can really be anybody. I'm a first-generation Korean-American. I have been doing impressions of my mom since I was a really little kid. I told my mother when I was 14 I wanted to be a comedian, and she said, oh, maybe it's better if you just die. <laughs> and I think when you're Asian-American, you uh, imitate your parents' voices as a way to distinguish yourself as like, I'm not Asian, I'm Asian-American. That's a really um, 
a very common thing, I think, amongst immigrants is that the uh, second generation here oftentimes looks at the first generation here with a lot of um, levity and joy and laughter and also some element of mockery, although the mockery isn't necessarily uh, really derisive or um, dismissive. What it is, it's a kind of enjoyment and celebration of where we come from and who we are. I do that too, isn't it? You overthink things sometimes. White people talk to Asian people about racism because they're too scared to talk to black people. And it's a very uh, pointed um, way of talking about the hierarchy of racism and how white supremacy lends uh, values to different skin tones. To me, it's a really like, um, kind of a, a pointed way to talk about racism and the spectrum of it um, without uh, making a huge TED talk of it. Coming up on the Matter of Fact Listening Tour. A classical take on women's rights with the composer of the Suffrage Cantata. Many of the women trailblazers we've talked with on the show say they owe a debt to women who came before them. Many cite the women involved in the suffrage movement. A new musical work called The Suffrage Cantata captures the struggle of women seeking the right to vote. Women separated by the color line, but united in a fight for participation as full and equal citizens of our democracy. Here's composer Andrea Ramsey. My hope is that when people see the suffrage cantata, first that maybe if they don't know this history, they'll become angry or activated by it. Choosing which suffragists to include and which not to include was one of the bigger challenges of this work. Women like Harriet Jacobs and Sojourner Truth had both endured the tortures of slavery and were now sharing their personal stories as activists for abolition and supporters of women's rights. I was blown away by Ida B. Wells Barnett, who spoke truth to power every step of the way. And Mary Church Terrell and her daughter both served with the Silent Sentinels. They were just standing there with banners saying, Mr. President, when will women gain the vote? Mabel Ping Wan Lee was the first Chinese woman to earn a doctorate in the United States and an active suffragist in the movement. I've actually been considering revoicing suffrage cantata to include tenor and bass voices so that a mixed chorus could sing this. These words need to be in men's mouths as well as women. And I thought there's a lot of truth to that. It is I'm Soledad O'Brien. Thank you for joining us for the listening tour. If you want to watch portions of the show you may have missed or any previous episodes of the listening tour, just go to our website, matteroffact.tv. And listen to Matter of Fact with Soledad O'Brien on your favorite podcast provider. Watch us during the week on FYI, Pluto, and YouTube.